is Get the Balance Right, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are totally stressed out over money and managing their busy lives. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, Profit Advisor and Money Coach. I help my clients run more profitable businesses. I take the mystery and confusion out of their numbers so they can reach their financial goals. Join us for a holistic approach that supports a healthy lifestyle while obtaining financial freedom. Stop freaking out. It's time to get the balance right. Hey, 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 friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get the Balance Right podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. I'm so excited you're joining me today because this episode is so important. If you want to take your business to the next level, then listen up. As entrepreneurs, we have to make decisions every single day in our business. Like, should I hire a VA? Should I attend a conference? Should I increase my prices? All these shoulds are grounded in our ability to understand the financial impact that these decisions will make in our business. If you are confused by your numbers and operate your business based on hunches and financial guesswork, your judgment as a leader is probably impaired. To fully lead and grow your company as the visionary you are meant to be, you need to become a strategic CEO, which can only happen once you have clarity around your numbers. To discuss this topic, I am joined by LaVon Shields, who is a fellow accountant. She's located in California, and her company is The Accounting Strategist, which offers small business accounting, bookkeeping, tax, and advising. I discovered LaVon through a mutual acquaintance, and instantly was captivated by her. If you look at the artwork for this episode, you will see her Queen Gambit-inspired photo, which is super cool. In fact, I was a little nervous meeting her based on that intense expression she has in this photo. But besides being a badass behind the chessboard, she is a total sweetheart. Oh my God, total sweetheart. LaVon believes that business is like sports or playing games such as chess, just like in the photo. Okay, although we're a couple of accountants having a chat, we do geek out a little bit, but you guys, you're going to be really surprised how relatable and non-technical our conversation really is. That's because the both of us share the same passion to bring clarity to our clients so that they can be empowered leaders. And that's what I want to do for you guys as well as my audience members. In this interview, we also discuss the importance of pausing before you take action and her certification in NLP and her father, Gerald Busby, who was the president of Motown Records from 1989 to 1995 and her job as a kid there, which included a launch party for the anthology series, which included the Jackson 5, the Supremes and Smokey Robinson. I'm telling you, this interview delivers. Before we jump into all of that, I want to remind my female listeners out there to join the Get the Balance Right Facebook group if you haven't already. Just go to Facebook and search for Get the Balance Right. It's a community of cool women and a great place to get your financial questions answered by me. 
You'll also get information on upcoming events and lots, lots more. And if you're a female entrepreneur, I'd also love for you to sign up for the monthly meetup. It's part mastermind, part networking, and includes tips on money and makeup. Follow the link in the show notes or go to getthebalancerightpodcast.com forward slash M5. That's getthebalancerightpodcast.com forward slash M5. Now, as my listeners, I so appreciate you guys. But you know what? I need more people to find my show. And for people to do that, I would love it if you could share this podcast, this episode with a friend. And follow, like, and review the podcast if you haven't already, wherever you listen to it. And if you'd like to help out with the production costs, you can give a one-time donation or become a member of the show through our pod fan page. Just go to pod.fan forward slash get the balance right. So that's pod.fan forward slash get the balance right. All right, my friends, are you ready to transform yourself into a CEO? Here is my interview with the delightful and clever LaVon Shields. LaVon Shields, welcome to Get the Balance Right podcast. Thank you. So honored to be here. I am so excited to have you on because not only are you a cool chick, but you are also an accountant. So we are going to geek out today, but we're going to make it fun for the audience that are not accountants, aren't we? Yes. I mean, you got to make it fun. That's the only way it works. Yes. And you've got an interesting take. Before we dive into all that, I want to tell the audience a little bit about you. Can you just tell them who you are, the company that you have, and who you serve? Okay. My name is LaVon Shields. So my company is Management Consultants of America. I refer to myself as a strategic accountant and a business accountability coach. So what that means is I help coaches, counselors, consultants, service-based business owners learn to use their numbers as a strategic tool to build their business. So basically taking them from technicians who know how to generate income to CEOs who know how to run an organization. And that's what I love to do. I love my work. Yeah, and you've been doing it for a while. And I noticed in your LinkedIn bio that you also are certified in NLP. I think you're at least the fifth person on my podcast, NLP certified. For the people that haven't maybe heard those other episodes with the NLP people, can you explain what that is and how that benefits you in your business? Cool. Okay. So I'm going to start big picture with NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. If you've ever heard of Tony Robbins and you understand the results that he gets, those techniques are techniques that I have been trained and certified in. What that means is I know how to listen to my clients, to hear what they're saying as well as what they're not saying, as well as be able to help them program the new habits that we need for them to have so that they can achieve what it is that they want to achieve. Wow, that's very cool. And I have not heard it defined that way before. So that's kind of a new take on it. And I think sometimes people think NLP is about brainwashing or something, but it's not that. Yeah, it's not that. It's just the sad part about it is it's the foundation of a lot of sales techniques that are taught out there. So when you take some of these pieces and you teach it to just focus on closing a deal, it becomes an issue of integrity. And what my counselor would always say is, you know, fine line between the two of influence and support is the integrity. It's not so much even the going through the experience of being able to do this with my clients. It was just the experience for it to do with me. When you realize how you process and you're able to go through it and learn to not react to things and learn to respond, 
Oh my goodness, it makes life so much easier. So much easier. <laughs> that sounds really cool. I think, you know, I think I might want to become certified in this. I got to look into this more. And you're talking about integrity. Well, you're an accountant, so you have to have integrity, which I'm sure that you most definitely have. I also noticed that you are from San Bernardino, which when I hear that, I think Bill and Ted. With the onset of Zoom, have you been able to take your business virtually or do you work with people mainly locally in California? I have been able to go virtual. That was an interesting thing that COVID taught me was that as much as I feel like I needed to be there to manage things, you can't always be there. And COVID taught me that. So I was able to open up and I can now say I have clients across the nation. Wow, that's very cool. We'll talk about more ways people can work with you later on, but let's dive into the topic. We're going to be talking about something that's near and dear my heart. We're going to talk about how Business owners, sometimes they feel confused about their numbers. They're not really sure how to read their financials. There's a lot of confusion around it. People coming to you, what is it that they don't understand? They feel like there's a difference between deduction and expense. They need to know all these different things. And they feel like it's so overwhelming, all the different lingo that's technically saying the same thing just from a different perspective. (laughs) So a lot of times it's just, they don't even know what it is. I had one client who said, I don't even know what books are. Someone's asking me for my books. I don't even know what books are. What is that mean? I mean, you went through the same training I went through. They teach us to disassociate from the people. Like we learn, okay, these numbers go here and this is how you generate a profit and loss and this is what it means and all these good things. However, there's a person making the decisions that is deciding, oh, I'm going to use the business card to pay my personal expenses. Yeah, sweetie, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Let me tell you why you can't do that. And now let's figure out a way for us to get it to where the money that you're generating in your business can be put into your personal accounts to cover your expenses. It's a win-win. We can figure it out. And it's just that. And that's why NLP really became a big part of my services was because it's helping them understand it. You and I know they get scared. They're scared because they think it's so much more information than it actually is. I actually created a workshop. It's called The Bottom Line for the Inland Empire Women's Business Center. So I removed QuickBooks and everything from the entire equation of teaching accounting to small business owners. And I talked about what the chart of accounts are and what how that connects to your financial reports and then how that connects to your tax return. So then now they're able to reverse engineer their way into it and then have better conversations with their current tax preparer or realize that they may need a new accountant or tax preparer because now they understand they know what they didn't know now. And now they can really focus on the growth. That's why I say it's that transition from the technician to the CEO, because now you're using your numbers to run your business like the big CEOs do, and you can make better decisions. I love it because I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs. The focus of my podcast used to be a lot of creatives on my show, but then I realized that people really need more answers when it comes to financials and their money. I just assumed that people knew these things inherently (laughs) because we work in that realm. But with all the questions I kept getting, I was like, maybe I should be talking about this a little bit more often on the podcast. When people come to you, are there certain things that they're mystified by? I know the profit and loss and a balance sheet, especially a balance sheet, people are just like, I don't even know what this is. Exactly. Yes. There's so many different areas of demystification that I guess I go through with a lot of clients. The first one is that this can be fun. That's the first barrier I get around. And then once I do that, they're usually able to trust me enough to understand why I can be. So having three sons, and then we also had four nephews and they all played sports. And then we did sports for like eight years straight. 
because we had all of these boys stair step down for all these years, I was able to start to relate business to sports. Oh, which gave it a different perspective. And then I was able to finally watch Moneyball all the way through and saw that's exactly what it is you're looking to do. Business is just like sports. You have a strategy, you're looking to get to the goal, and then your numbers are your scorecards letting you know if you're winning or not. I like this. Yes, that's very cool. I don't know anything about sports, but I'm into business scorecards, so I can relate (laughs) to this. Very cool. I'm going to have to figure out a comparison to business and musical theater. That is going to be my... definitely associate it with... I used to associate music and business all the time because I would tell people your business is sometimes it's slow jazz. It runs in a particular kind of cadence and sometimes it's hard rock. It's just going. Not saying that either one of those is wrong. It's just a matter of, is that the music you want to play though? Is that how you want to function? So then let's figure out where these pieces are. I grew up in the music industry. My dad was a president of a record label. When I first started working, it was intern at his record label. I started at 10. So I learned to work with music. In my head, I'm an award-winning dancer, but in my real life, I'm a a business coach and strategic accountant. That's very cool. I have a creative side to me too. And people are always like, why are you an accountant? That doesn't make any sense. People can have two sides. Yeah, exactly. But there is a stigma when it comes to accountants. And I believe you and I, we help to break the mold. Yes. I'm loving this. (laughs) You're even more fascinating. This record label thing. I'll ask you more about that later. You know, I have clients that come to me, I can see certain pitfalls that these clients are going through when they first come to me. And I work with a lot of really small business owners. Some of them are new to being an entrepreneur, or maybe they're one of those people that kind of fell into entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and then realize, oh, this is a business. I have a business here. And now it's too late. They should have been doing a bunch of things beforehand. I talk about these pitfalls a lot, but I would love to know what kind of pitfalls that you see And are you working with people that are really small, like solopreneurs, or you're talking about like businesses maybe are doing like a couple million? I have a range. Um, So I do have my younger ones, my low six figures, and then I have gone all the way up to five million. My sweet spot is that high six figures, 750 to 3 million, because there's justification for the type of services that I offer. I've seen a lot of them. One of the biggest pitfalls that I see with a lot of business owners is how they manage their cash flow. That's on my list. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I was like, if she it's, doesn't say cash flow, I'm going to ask her. Yeah, about- okay. it's, that's actually one of the first things that I come in to correct when I'm working with a business owner. It's like, if you're just moving cash constantly, that's where your stress level is coming from because it's constantly moving as opposed to what I like to call the pause. Money comes in, we pause. How much is in there? How much is owed? How much is owed to us? Let's figure out what we got to do. What's our bare minimum that we know we need to keep in the account? And then we pay what's left. Now you go out there and make some more money. Pause. It sounds easy. Yes. Pause. (laughs) I like that. Pause. Pause. Yeah. I had one client. (laughs) I started off with this client. I was just supposed to be doing month in reconciliation. That was my original purpose when we first started working together. By the time I left that assignment, I was this outsourced CFO, managing HR, payroll, all of this kind of stuff. It was crazy. I walk in one day and he says, Hey, I paid to such and such vendor. I said, why? Well, they had called. I said, okay. So I just paid it. All right. So, you know, payrolls this week, right? Oh, yeah, that's why they hadn't been paid. Also, they didn't have a PO on their bill, which is your new rule that you said you wanted every bill that came in to have a PO to it. So that's why you're not allowed to pay bills anymore. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're not allowed to pay bills anymore. <laughs> and he wasn't. From that point forward, he was not allowed to spend any money on his own. How do you help these clients understand their cash flow? Are you using some sort of graphical type of reporting or is it sitting down with them and showing them what their cash is? It's not anything as extravagant as that. Okay. It's more so the proof is in the pudding. Certain business owners can understand that projection and looking at cash flow from that off point and be able to manage that way. That's a different type of business owner. They're already in that CEO mentality. When you have those who are technician-based, passion-based, which is usually a lot of clients that I work with, is they do what they do because they're called to it. Mm-hmm. I have a few that understand business, but the ones that I tend to work with, that's where they are. The biggest way that I support them is we do the pause. First is where are all the bills? So before you do anything, we have to have all the bills coming through. And so then once we stop, then I can show them to so look, this is what we owe people. This is what we've got in the bank. We need to make a decision. The visual tends to help because now they understand where everything is. And then as I'm putting together the visual, I'm letting them know. So the reason why I'm able to put this visual together is because you gave me a bill. I have a backup to it so I can reference back to it. So now in three months from now, if we had to come back and revisit this conversation, guess what? We have backup. We have QuickBooks that has this. We have the payment proof of this. We have the decision that was made right here. We can see it all and not have to worry about what happened three months ago, this information is going to be there. That's that stress reliever, because that's usually what happens with most small business owners. They get put in a position where they have to prove their financials, whether it's a workers' comp audit or it's tax time or someone's they have to do a loan and they need to get documentation together. There's a moment where they have to prove it and they realize, oh, I don't know how. I have no idea. And 2020 COVID was proof of that. There were so many business owners who couldn't get access to the relief funds that were designed to keep them afloat because they had no way of being able to do that. It's that proof is in the pudding thing. If you see it, then you can understand it. And now we can play with it. Okay. We got to pause and we got to get some proof in that pudding. Mm-hmm. I'm always pushing that you have to have clean numbers. Now, if you've got a bigger company, God, I hope you have clean numbers and you're keeping your books up to date. But I'll have small business owners come to me. They were like, oh, I think I know what I'm doing in QuickBooks and it's just a mess. And they're trying to make decisions based on this jumbled piece of data. And I'm like, you gotta have clean information to make good decisions. What are some issues that you've run into where people needed things cleaned up and they were just running by the seat of their pants? What are some mistakes that people can make doing that? The biggest one that I've come across is that the chart of accounts, it doesn't reflect their business. So they have no idea what they're looking at when they go and look at their reports. And then they've had five different bookkeepers, them themselves, family members, all these different hands in the pot. And they've all looked at their business from a different perspective. I see this as that. I see this as that. And then you put it all together as a business owner. Like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. I mean, I know I spent money. I know that I made money, but this doesn't tell me any story. So one of the first things I do with a lot of my clients is before we even look at their QuickBooks, I tell them to walk me through how their business goes. So as they're talking to me, I'm putting together what I think the chart of accounts should reflect. And then we go and look at it and I go, okay, so this is what it shows. And these all equal the same thing. You have one account named five different ways. Once we start to do that process of just showing where everything goes, then that's when that aha moment comes in because then they see it like, oh, I made that. That's how much I spent on that. Are we sure? Let's look at it. Oh, yep. That's how much I spent. That's how much I have left over. Where is it? Remember when you started using your business card to pay your personal expenses? That's where it went. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
All right. Now we got a game plan. We know we don't like that feeling. We know we want to generate more. So now let's start creating a strategy and implementing it. I love that. Believe me, I've run into that myself. Now you serve people that are in the service-based industry. Are they coaches or who in your service-based industry do you serve? Coaches, consultants. I have a security company. I have a hairstylist. So it's mainly the service-based and that's because I didn't enjoy doing inventory when I was in school. So it was never my favorite coming out. If you are inventory-based, I like it when it's real clean inventory. When it's a lot of moving parts, a lot of different valuations, it becomes a little overwhelming for me and I can't see the forest for the trees. But my service base, my coaches, my consultants, those are my heartfelt. I love coaches and consultants, especially those who have gone through development training because they know how to see somebody else's stuff, but they can't see their own. And because I speak the language, I can help them. I I can talk to them in a different format. So I have one client where she works in behavior. She works with a children and adult with autism and she does behavioral training. I was able to talk to her in her language because of the training I went through of how we're going to be working on her behavior, working on her actions and how that reflects to her goals. And she got it. She's like, oh, okay, I get it. So then when we're having a discussion, it's a real heartfelt coaching session about what are we doing with these numbers and when it reflects to your big picture. She just opened up a second location that just kind of came out of the blue, landed in her lap, but it was a perfect thing. We got that going. We're working on two other locations right now. She is going crazy and it's been a ball to watch, but because she can see the forest for the trees, that's great. Pause. Proof is in the pudding. See the forest for the trees. Okay, we're onto something here. This is really great. One thing that has been the last year, we can't avoid it, COVID, that made everything go upside down in the accounting world and everybody's business. And we had the weirdest tax season ever and all of that. For a while there, we thought maybe COVID was going away. It's certainly not going away. Obviously, some companies did really well during COVID and others, Mm -hmm. it was just horrible. So do you have any words of warning kind of as we progress through this changeover in COVID that is tumultuous? That this would be a great opportunity to revisit your business plan or create one if you didn't have one. Because now we know pandemic proofing is now a new strategy to throw into the mix. And being able to, and everyone loved this word <laughs> last year, it drove my friend crazy, pivot. If you don't know how to pivot and where to pivot from yet, yeah. but if you don't know how and where then this is what's going to happen. And then for all of those who COVID was a success for them, especially those that were fast success, do you know what to happen when you're on the other side of this now that it's not so condensed and online by itself? Once this expands out, do you still have that same level of stickability? This would be, again, the best time to reevaluate. Okay, so what's the plan? We're getting ready to approach the fourth quarter of 2021. Now that we have a realization, like you said, it's not going away completely. We're still going to have a new normal. Now it's a matter of how are you going to adjust to this new normal? What's the new beat that we're going to be dancing to? There's all different types of ways to generate revenue. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, they get in business, they have this single viewpoint of how they can make money and they don't think about all the different ways. Certainly with COVID, we've learned that, oh, people... Maybe if they had offered classes live, now they can offer virtual classes to the masses. So there's different things. I'm not going to mm-hmm. use the word pivot, but there are ways that we can alter our business. Have your clients done some interesting changes as far as ways to generate revenue that were different from before? Yeah. And a lot of them did embrace the virtual environment. 
in some way, shape or form, whether it was, like you said, now offering services online. They also took what they knew and the, the concept of their services and turned them into uh, evergreen products. So it became that capability of saying, OK, so if I can't work directly with someone, then I can teach people what it is that I know. Since we're in an environment where everyone's distancing themselves a certain bit, we're going to get a lot of DIYers. You're going to get a lot of do-it-yourselfers. Why not provide them with the resources that they need to do it themselves? Yeah, I love that. Maybe you're like this, but I love technology. I kind of geek out on technology and I'm always looking for something that's the new thing. And I get a little bit of the shiny object syndrome with that. But as far as accounting software goes, it always seems like there's something new that's on the market. But do you have any favorites? You look like you're very involved with QuickBooks. So I'm assuming that that's your go-to software. It's my go-to. Like you said, I'm huge techie. I guess for me, that's the simplest thing that I think most techie people can deal with is cloud-based as much as you can. Cloud-based as much as you can. I tell people, you know, I'm married to Microsoft, so everything that I use has <laughs> to be able to work with him. And if you can't work with him, then we can't play together. Everything I do fits around my Microsoft world. Using OneNote, I use OneDrive. I tell clients, first, we got to start with where's the place where you can store stuff and have access to it? How can we make it to where that in any given moment of time, if necessary, no matter what's going on, we can get access to the information? That's my biggest source of tech for people is find a way of digitizing and cloud-basing as much as you can and having the backup and things associated with it. But that is going to be the lifesaver for so many people because they get so inundated with the paperwork of accounting, the paperwork of the numbers. Oh, I'm supposed to keep everything. Well, you didn't have to keep that. That was something that didn't really require to be kept, but it had numbers on it. You didn't know what to do. I get it. If we can take away that overwhelm of the what do I do with all this stuff, then it becomes a lot easier to function. The faster you can get over that hurdle, then a lot easier to me, everything comes. So yes, I use QuickBooks Love it. That's my first software. But I tell people, you know, do what you love. Do what you love. Yeah, work with something that works for you. But definitely QuickBooks and cloud-based systems is my thing. I don't even use paper. Like when I take notes, I have a Surface Go and I open up my OneNote and I use my pen and I write my notes on that. Like when people give me paper, I start to, you know, have a little bit of a hyperventilation moment. I have to have something to do with that. It has to go somewhere. Oh my goodness. So I start to freak out. So I am about a 98% paperless environment. Awesome. Yeah, me too. We're both environmentalists just by our actions. Never thought of it that. Yeah, yeah. On your website, you talk about transitioning from business owner to CEO. What is it that business owners have to do to become, rather than just a quote unquote business owner, move into that CEO? Is it a mind shift change or is it action? What is it that makes you move from business owner to CEO? It's all of the above. It's all of the above. It's now realizing that you need to think of your business from a different perspective. It's not just an extension of you. It is a moving, living, breathing creature that you just happen to have some control over. It's separating it from them and making that transition there. Then once that transition comes into play, it, and this is all stems off of the book, The E-Myth. That was probably my aha moment book that I ever read. Because now once you can separate yourself from the business, then you're able to see it's individual moving parts because you're above it. You're no longer in it, boots on the ground. You're actually able to see above it. And this is where I can tell people you can relate business to chess or baseball. I say baseball because that was the sport I hated the most. And I was so devastated when we had to actually learn it because our kids were playing it. I was like, we're not playing baseball, but I had to learn baseball. <laughs> 
And once you learn it, it's equivalent to chess because you have to learn what you're going to sacrifice to advance your runner around. Going back to that money ball example I was telling you about earlier, learning how to look at it as the for lack of a better term, gamble that it is. You're going to create a hypothesis and then you're going to see if it works. And then best case scenario it does. Worst case scenario, you have a lesson on what not to do next time or where to make a tweak. So if you can separate yourself from it, see it as the sport that it is and then have some fun with it, then now you can start looking at how do I improve all these different pieces that I've got, which means you're going to start creating systems so that you can easily identify smoke before it becomes fire. You can see what's costing you money before it drains you completely because you're able to take that step above it. But in order to do all that, it starts with the realization that you and your business are separate. Even if you're a sole proprietor, you still need to be able to take that step away from it so that you can see it from a different outside perspective. Yeah. So you're taking the ego out of it. So it's not, oh, I didn't get enough people downloading whatever it is. You're like, okay, you can actually think about it rather than being personally hurt by it. So what do we do? Let's reverse engineer it so we can figure out what didn't work. So we don't have to throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. We can actually just find, oh, great campaign. You just had to go into the wrong people. Did you realize that you're the total opposite of your target market was looking at your marketing? Now let's rerun that again and see what happens, right? Yeah. Think, but once you can dissect it, then you can figure out the recipe. You can figure out where is it that I do this and then it becomes fun. Okay, so if we tweak this, then what happens? If we do this, then what happens as opposed to we got to do this because we got to do this because when you're operating from that sense of fear and lack, then you're going to make bad decisions. When you operate from the, let's give it a whirl. What's the worst that can happen, right? I mean, I have a client that's her favorite words. Is yeah, but we didn't die, Levon. So we're fine. Yeah, but did we die? So that's always her saying. <laughs> the failure is not the fear. But that's not where you want to have the fear because that's where you learn. And as long as everything is still copacetic, then you have the capability of being able to survive it. And if you can survive it, that means you can learn from it, hopefully, and then you get on the other side of it and then you figure out how to keep going. But if you have no systems, you have no plans, you can't separate yourself from what it is, then it's going to be a very long, torturous, overwhelming journey. If we went into entrepreneurship, we went into it knowing that it is full of risks and surprises and all kinds of things. So I want to back up to one thing that you mentioned chess and I have this fabulous picture <laughs> of you. You look very intense and you're playing chess and it's like Queen's <laughs> Gambit or something. Tell me about this picture because I'm going to be using it as a promo for the show so people are going to see it. What is that about? That's awesome. Interestingly enough, when I realized that you can use accounting as a strategy, I was rolling with that for a little while and then I saw Queen's Gambit and I was like, huh. I knew business was associated with chess. You have to know how to move the pieces across the board and know what you're going to sacrifice in order to do it. And then Queen Gambit came out and I was like, I think I know what I want my visual to be. I went and bought a chess set. And so we're just going <laughs> to have some fun with it. And that's where it came from. It was just, the, I want people to see that it's a strategy. It's a process. It's a thinking woman's thinking man's game. And the whole point is to see it as the game and have some fun. I love the picture. It's really good. And you look so intense on it. I was like a little bit shaken in my boots. I was like, oh, she's intense. <laughs> You've been in business for a long time. Just briefly, if you wouldn't mind, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the accounting industry from when you started till now? When I started, that's when QuickBooks was really making its way across the small business community. And to see 
two things from a positive side, you saw a lot more business owners, at least attempting to take ownership of their numbers from how it had been. On the negative side, you saw people who assumed as long as they learned QuickBooks that they could be bookkeepers. So it was a catch 22 on both sides. You know, I had author friends and they would tell people, just because you have word, that doesn't make you an author. And I would go, just because you know QuickBooks doesn't make you a bookkeeper. <laughs> so I came across a lot of that. But what I did notice is the technology change. My friend and I, we always laugh. We say we're always ahead of technology. We're like, why can't it just do this? And the technology shift to me has made it to where now we as accountants can be more advisors because we're not focused on the small part of getting the data in. Technology has made data entry the easiest thing ever. Now we get to focus on analysis and strategy. They get excited to talk to us because we're talking about how to help them build and lead their business as opposed to telling them, you owe this much in taxes now, right? Because this is what you did all year. And now this is January. We can't go back and fix it. So I'm going to tell you, like I told last year, don't do this. Now we get to actually have quality conversations with a lot of business owners. And it's opening up us to be a lot more advisory as opposed to transactional. That's what I've seen has happened over at least the last 20 years. All right. Before we wrap up, I do want to ask you about a couple of different things. You mentioned that your dad had a record label. Do you mind if I ask what record label this was? Yeah, sure. He was president of Motown Records from 89 to 95. Really? Wow, that's intense. president of Motown Records, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. Before he went to Motown, he was at MCA Records. At that time, he was working with Patti LaBelle. He had actually was part of the founding of New Edition. And then he went to Motown where he expanded. And that's where Boys to Men came through, Shawnee Wilson. When Diana Ross came out with that amazing killer body that <laughs> they got 50 and shocked the whole world, that was underneath his reign, so to speak. I got to see so much working for him. I used to work in different, I never worked directly for him. I worked in different departments. So I would be an assistant for hire. I was the fill-in receptionist. By the time I was 13, I was the executive assistant for somebody who, when there are assistant got hurt. And so before they figured out if they were going to get a temp or not, I was running that office for a little while. (laughs) Wow. You must have some incredible stories. Wow. Especially for a kid. I've got some pretty interesting little stories. Yeah. (laughs) It was a very fascinating experience. (laughs) Wow. I'm sure that there's things that happen that you probably weren't able to see those. It's amazing what happens is amazing what happens when your dad's the boss. Ooh. So I'll (laughs) let you play with that a little bit. <laughs> wow. I never had to pull the card, but it was amazing how many things that I was at just being able to say his name. And it was like, oh, great. So interesting. But the great part was always positive experiences. It was just, it was great opportunities. I got to meet amazing people. I got to work with some amazing people. I worked in the catalog department where they were relaunching mastered classics of the Jackson 5, the Supremes, Smokey Robinson. So I was able to actually plan that party. This I was 13 years old. I planned the launch party for the anthology series for our, our um, catalog department. So I got to do some amazing things at a really early age. Wow, that is incredible. What is your dad's name? Just so that we can look it up. Cheryl Busby. So if you think of Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, he's a twin. He was a twin. And so it's Cheryl Busby, B-U-S-B-Y. That was my father. Wow, that's incredible. What a great childhood. Oh, my God. Amazing. So, LaVon, before we end, I want to let people know how they can work with you and where they can find you on the socials and all of that. Tell us about all that. Okay. So you can definitely go to my website, accountingstrong.com. 
really simple. And on there, you can see what I have to offer, a little bit about me, schedule an accountability session if you want to talk about what's going on with your numbers. I am on LinkedIn and Facebook under my name, LaVon Shields, and you can find me there. And then you can also find me, I have a Facebook group called Accounting for the Non-Accountants and another one called Strategic Accountant. My goal is to help change the viewpoint of accounting for small business owners. Wow, that's very cool. On your website, you have a great newsletter I signed up for. You've got a blog. You've got calculators on there. If people are looking for some kind of financial calculators, you've got an intense blog with great catalog. Yeah, it was. I was really <laughs> impressed. I was like, wow, I got to up my game on my website here. <laughs> Thanks. LaVon, this has been so great. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was an honor and a treat. 